Hello, everyone, and welcome back to New Books and Biography, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. I'm Mark Clovis, your host for the channel. Today, I'm speaking with Tom Chafin, author of the book Revolutionary Brothers, Thomas Jefferson, the Marquis de Lafayette, and the Friendship that Helped Forge Two Nations. Tom, welcome to New Books Network. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate your interest in the book. Well, we appreciate the opportunity to speak with you about it. I was wondering if you could start us off by telling our listeners something about yourself. Well, I worked for many years in journalism. I, I lived uh, working as a, um, a staff writer and freelancer uh, for various magazines and newspapers. I lived in, among other places, well, I'm, I'm from Atlanta, uh, where I'm living now, but I, I, for many years I was um, living in uh, places like Savannah and San Francisco and um, New York City and um, Paris and um, Berkeley. And then I'm, I moved back to my um, hometown in the late 80s and just um, uh, and ended up doing a I had done a uh, master's at uh, New York University in the late eight and you know, early 80s. And then I, I ended up doing a uh, Ph.D. at Emory University here in Atlanta in the uh, 90s. And uh, since then, I've. I've devoted most of my, um, I've done some teaching, but I've, I've devoted most of my energies to writing books, uh, mostly uh, 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 non-narrative, uh, non nonfiction historical narratives. You've, you've written uh, books about a, a very diverse array of topics. What led you to write a book about uh, Thomas Jefferson and the Marquis de Lafayette? I can't remember a eureka moment, but I, I remember uh, I was sort of, sort of vaguely curious about their relationship. I mean, I, and, and I, um, I started research or reading biographies of both of them. And I, I realized that, um, there had not in, in each, in biographies of each man, there would be like a chapter or, or, or two on their friendship. But I, I, and then I sort of realized that, um, there hadn't been a full book devoted to it. And, and I thought it was a kind of interesting relationship and, um, because it, it straddles two, revolutions in the two worlds. So uh, my sort of casual curiosity about it evolved into a resolve to to do a book on it. That's one of the things that stood out for me as I was reading it was the sense that you you really, it's difficult to, I mean, there are plenty of people that were involved in the American Revolution. There are plenty of people who were involved in the French Revolution. And yet there were very few people who were so central or who played as important of a role in both revolutions, as did uh, the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, albeit in different ways and and and, and from different perspectives. But you you, you have these two individuals who, uh, also as you explained, though, come from very different backgrounds and from and from from very different worlds. I was wondering if you could start us off by perhaps introducing the the person with which many listeners might be a little less familiar, which is the Marquis de Lafayette. Who was he, and what brought him to the American Revolution? Sure. sure. I mean, I, I, but before I do that, just I, I think that they were very different, but in 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 ways that I'll we can talk about. I think that they they shared a, a similar backgrounds and temperaments. But yeah, a, a Lafayette was uh, um, his years are seventeen fifty seven to eighteen thirty four. His birth and death dates. Um, he was. Uh, Born to a and 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 grew up in in the Auvergne, which uh, then and today remains most one of the most more isolated 
parts of France. It's a, it's a, a mountainous region in south central France. Um, and um, he, his father, who, who was killed in the Seven Years' War when he was, I, I think, two years old, uh, typified his family's uh, uh, both nobility, no, sort of provincial nobility, and, and its military background. His, he grew up in a, um, a family that esteemed military service, and early on, um, for reasons as much romantic as, or probably more romantic than political early on, uh, was was devoted to the idea of, of um, you know, val- valor and military heroism and um, those those sort of pursuits. Um, when he um, was a his teenage years, his mother moved to Paris in part so that he could be uh, receive. I mean, he had been tutored in his early years and and when in living in the Auvergne in the family's estate there. And she, anyway, she moved to Paris and, uh, for, for his education and, and he ended up, uh, uh there, um, uh, um, sort of falling into this, uh, you know, the court social life at Versailles, his, uh, and, and married, um, an aristocratic woman who was also close to the court. Actually, she was Marie Antoinette's, one of her close, closest friends. Um, and it's, France then was, was um, he, he joined, he eventually joins the, after he, he, he marries, he joins the French army, and, but the, the France then was, was not at war with anyone. And he learns about he, the um, uh, well, the independence war going on in, in the United States, recently declared United States, and and soon becomes kind of preoccupied with finding a way to, to um, get into that um, battle theater and and tries unsuccessfully to leave France several times and eventually buys his own ship. Well, for, let me back up. He, through an American, American agent in uh, Paris uh, uh, named Silas Dean, who, who was dispatched there by the Continental Congress to arrange um, uh, clandestine uh, arms transfers and, and, and financial assistance from the French government. Uh, through, anyway, through Silas Dean, um, Lafayette obtains a commission as a... Um, general and and eventually buys his own ship and sails it um, to the United States um, uh, lands he also brings other um, officers commissioned by French like French and Prussian officers uh, com- uh, with commissions from Silas Dean he, he transports them to the United States, they land in uh, north of Charleston, South Carolina. And from there, after spending a few weeks in Charleston, they make their o- their way overland um, through the Appalachians to, uh, to Philadelphia and present their um, credentials to uh, the Continental Congress and eventually George Washington. Uh, from that section, I, I, I took 
a certain sense as to just how much he was doing. I mean, nowadays, we usually don't think twice about uh, crossing an ocean. You can do it in a plane. You can do it fairly easily on a boat. But you describe the, the, this, this long journey. He, he's leaving behind not just his wife, but she's, she's pregnant. She, she, you know, they're, they're, she, he's starting a family that he's leaving behind. And you describe it that after he undergoes this weeks-long journey, how he has to uh, avoid being uh, avoid having the ship uh, captured by the British, either British privateers or uh, Royal Navy blockaders. It, you, you really uh, point out in this sense just how much he's risking. It, what exactly is it that's drawing him to the American Revolution? Is he uh, enamored of their ideas? Is he just looking for an opportunity to hit back at the British who have defeated the French in in, in the Seven Years' War that would, would you know, and, and the war in which his dad died? Or is there some other complex motivation involved here? Well, I mean, you, you, you hit on one, the, the, the desire for revenge. Uh, um, you know, he was very much... Um, it was the the desire for um, revenge of, 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 of you know of his father's death, but also he was inculcated with the uh, prevailing uh, you know anglophilia of, of of the much of the French population, um, and, and you know he he talked about uh, you know uh, from the time he arrived he talked about his being animated by a, a love of liberty, but you know, then again, he was he was a he he remained a devoted monarchist then, and, and he um, uh, um, and, and also he he was early on, you know, he was talking about uh, he was writing his life letters from Charleston, extolling the uh, you know the, the this freedom loving people when you know there, there was a, a large slave economy there. So it was. It was. I think he he eventually becomes a. Uh, uh, I think the those ideals that he professed early on of, of liberty and uh, they they eventually, you know, he be, he he eventually becomes an abolitionist and they they take on a, a more serious. Uh, um, Content, but I think early on it was just more of a kind of rhetorical um, use of those terms. Now, he has undertaken this enormous journey to get to the American Revolution to participate in it, and 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 this is where one of the contrasts that that I you know was thinking of with Thomas Jefferson, who basically, as a Virginian living in the colonies, it's something that's happening around him from the start. And yet, you as you mentioned, you you find that there are a, a, you know similarities between the two men as well. Could you perhaps tell us a little bit about Jefferson and what makes him similar to Lafayette, especially in terms of those, those early years of his uh, upbringing and his outlook? Sure. Uh, well, let me begin by uh, just mentioning two two ways they were very different. One is that uh, Jefferson was fourteen years older than Lafayette, so it was it, the relationship. It comes to in many ways. It, it becomes a, a kind of uh, older brother, older younger brother relationship. The the other thing, the, the other. Um, a kind of key difference is 
Jefferson had no, um, or, or I should say little or scarce interest, scant interest in, in military affairs. He, uh, he was too old to serve in the um, Continental Army, uh, but he wouldn't have, he, he was just, he, he had no taste for that, for those kind of pursuits. Lafayette, by contrast, was, was as I mentioned, steeped in those values and traditions, and a lot of his education was, was about military affairs. Um, what they did have, in, what they did share, I, I, in my view, is that both both came from um, kind of highland areas of their respective countries, which and they were they were both provincial aristocrats from a like remote, you know, provincial mountainous regions. And for that reason, neither were ever completely comfortable in their respective national capitals. So Jefferson, you know, in, in some respects, shared that outlook with Lafayette. And yet they have another really important difference that, that, that you uh, develop in your book, which is that they, they, they fight, and you've already alluded to this, they, they fight two different revolutions. That that Lafayette's is the more uh, martial approach. He's he's serving, you know, with the Continental Army, whereas Jefferson is is more the political. What were there any uh, degrees of, of of similarity between the two in terms of uh, the revolutionary experiences outside of that, or uh, or did they just? Did they take similar things despite their their, their different experiences, or was was it really just you know very distinct and 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 a, a very two different very different perspectives on this event in which they were both participating? I'm not sure if uh, if I understand your question. Do you, do you mind? Oh, my apologies. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Basically, that you know, if if Lafayette's serving in the military during the during the revolution, and and Jefferson is is not, did they have any sort of shared uh, experiences from uh, in the revolution, or did they okay, yeah, take similar I, I, things I from it? Saying. Yeah, actually, that that that's a, that's a excellent question, in that it um, and this is a a, a little known a, part of, of aspect of Jefferson's life. In 1781, when when he and um, his his and Lafayette's path first cross Jeff in, in Virginia, by the way, Jefferson, uh, this was probably the low low point of his public career, and, and as I said, it's it's very little, it's not not a lot written about it, uh, or or what's written about it is not particularly well known, but he was he was serving as as a beleaguered governor of of Virginia. The British had had um, just conducted the first of ra- a raid on, on the state, and a, a month or so before then, I mean, the the war had really not affected Virginia. It, it, the war w- was fought in more of the mid Atlantic states, uh, in New York and Pennsylvania, and Washington actually. Uh, I quote this in my book. I can't remember the date on the letter, but. But Washington uh, actually writes Jefferson um, and says, basically, you need to get more involved with this war. I mean, it, he was he was saying Jefferson was a, a, a being aloof from the war. I mean, Jefferson at that point had you know he was far more interested in his intellectual pursuits, astronomy, and his interests in the nat- natural sciences, and 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 Washington 
you know, is chastising him for, for his indifference. And then at a certain point that, it, you know, they're surprised by a British raid on Virginia. And so Jefferson has to, he's, as governor, he needs to, you know, he's kind of forced to uh, become more attentive to, the, you know, military matters. And that's that's when he, he and Jeff and Lafayette first meet. Um, General Washington dispatches Lafayette to Virginia to uh, counter this uh, British invasion of the state. So they've met and they're involved in dealing with this common threat. Do the two men spend a lot of time with each other? Do they get to know each other? Or is this more of a passing relationship at this point in their lives? Well, you know, I, I mentioned to at the outset of this a minute ago that, that um, prior to writing this book, I had done, um, you know, I was reading you know, biographies of, of each each of them, and I, I all of those biographies are tend to refer to their friendship and collaboration through the American Revolution, and as I delved into it. I realized that there are very few uh, documented instances of their actually crossing paths, but I, without, without getting into the weeds um, or to excess detail here, I determined that, that just from um, allusions uh, to their friendship that they did meet, meet a number of times uh, and, and that their relationship became personal, but I, I don't know the, I'm, I've, I've never been able to, uh, there's no documentation that I've come across of, of exactly what they did together. I think it, I mean, there's, there's evidence, kind of inclusive evidence that they cooperated. Well, I know that they, they cooperated on the, uh, um, um, you know, raising militias and, and, and getting, um, some horses and such that Lafayette did and, and um, was soliciting. And also um, Lafayette arrived in time to spare Jefferson the humiliation of a, of a second British raid on Richmond, the uh, newly established capital of Virginia that he, as governor he was sworn to protect. But um, anyway, so the, the uh, they cooperated in, in, in the defense of Virginia. So they have this relationship that is born out of their uh, practical experience. They're, they're, they're working Correct. together. Yeah. And then the, the war ends and Lafayette goes back to France. Uh, and, and, and here in your book, you, you, you focus a bit more upon Lafayette and what that experience is like. What, what is Lafayette's, uh, you know, experience in France during this period, and and what does it reflect about what he takes away from the revolution? I mean, is he a changed person? Is he, or is is this when you start to see that shift towards where he starts to embrace those views uh, more carefully, or is is he still you know, you know, more focused upon the the martial glory and not really uh, as invested in the ideas? No, I, I think. Well, I mean, for, for 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 starters, Lafayette, when he returns to France, he's he's um, what what Voltaire dubbed the the hero of, of two worlds. Um, he's 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 very famous. Um, 
I mean, he's in this. Uh, his his image is everywhere. He's he's the you know a, a great hero. Um, the other thing is is yes, he 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 had become Bartholfel by then, and and the, as well as the, including his. Um, uh, what would become a growing opposition to slavery? I mean that that was a that was the other difference that he uh, he always had with Jefferson. Mm. And you, you would think though that I mean, it, and this is another thing I took from your book, which was that the degree to which the relationship really is defined as much. About, or more by what happens after the revolution than during it. Because I'm thinking Lafayette comes back, you, as you said, you, you have that great quote about how he's the hero of two worlds. Uh, but yet that's an association with not just Jefferson, but with Washington, with, with all these other individuals who, with, alongside whom uh, Lafayette served. Uh, but then you have this, uh, d- you, you have this, uh, this change that takes place when Jefferson crosses the Atlantic Ocean and comes to France. What brings Jefferson to France? And uh, how, how easily do they renew their acquaintance with each other? Uh, your last question first, I mean, pretty pretty quickly. I mean, uh, but um, Lafayette is, is away, happens to be away from um, France, um, actually com- completing a victory lap <laughs> tour of the U.S., um, you know his his, you know the the his most famous tour of the U.S. was the one like eighteen twenty four twenty five. I mean there have been books written about that one, but he actually conducted an earlier kind of victory lap tour in um, seventeen eighty five. Um. Anyway, Je- Jefferson is dispatched to uh, France in 1785 to assist uh, as a, as a diplomat to, to serve as a commercial uh, to, to assist in the negotiation of several commercial treaties uh, with uh, various European States. He's, he's, he serves there with, with Benjamin Franklin and um, John Adams who are also posted there. And eventually he, um, he, um, succeed, uh, replaces um, Benjamin Franklin as as the U.S. minister to France, and and Franklin returns to the U.S. and and Adams moves to uh, London to um, uh, be the ambassador to the court of Saint James. And, but anyway, when Lafayette first arrives in in um, Paris in seventeen eighty five. Lafayette, because of his extensive contacts with in Paris and the court of Versailles, is uh, is able to open and and Jefferson then is a, is a neophyte diplomat. He is not he's never served in this that role before. But anyway, Jefferson or Lafayette is able to open a lot of doors and introduce him to people and and serve as a interpreter and translator. And contrary to a. Uh, uh, I think uh, I think it's a misconception to to assume that Jefferson uh, Jeff, Jefferson's French was 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 very good at that point. I mean, actually, his when his um, several people quote co- co- comment that uh, 
his French is not that good. I mean, it's not, it wasn't. I mean, he he knew French, but it, uh, he had studied it, but it wasn't really serviceable as a diplomat. I think there's only one or two letters in French that that we he's known to have written during those years. You you, uh, you also explain in your book. It's, it's not just that 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 Lafayette and Jefferson are connecting, but you you. Uh, he stated at one point that he's sort of helping to uh, introduce Jefferson because you, you, you presented Lafayette at this point as he's a celebrity. He's much better known at court. Uh, he, you know, he, he's, in, he's gained fame and that he helps ease Jefferson into this responsibility that he plays. Uh, is is uh, this something that he, he is doing as a courtesy to a friend uh, is uh, what, what what exactly are, are Lafayette's motivations in, in in terms of this? Well, actually, he he um, friendship. He he, uh, he um, there's a letter that La- I mentioned that uh, Lafayette knew that he was going to be away when Jefferson arrived in France, but he writes his wife a letter. Um, from the United States when, when he learns that Jefferson is, will, will be there soon. He, he writes a, a letter um, just full of affection for Jefferson and about how he had been uh, uh, so kind to him. And uh, when, you know, he was uh, in Virginia in 1781, he's, he's, and he's, he praises his uh, intellect and his capabilities as a, as a professional so he, there was a lot of affection. He he actually says he um, he tells his he asks his wife to basically take him under um, her wing, and, and he writes Jefferson a, 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 a reciprocal letter, of, of, you know, saying you know, please think of my home as as think of my home as you would that of a of, of a brother. So the two have this. You know, pretty close relationship at this point. They're 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 friendly. They're 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 socializing, and and they happen to. And Jefferson is still there in Paris, serving as the American minister when the French Revolution breaks out. And this brings us to the the other you know the, the that other revolution that you you talked about at the very beginning. How did the two men respond to this outbreak? Where? They uh, it would did they uh, have a similar perspective on events? Did they view it differently given their different perspectives? And 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 how did they uh, maybe perhaps influence each other in terms of how they looked at the revolution or if they did at all? The the French Revolution. Yes. Uh, initially, it was as, as I'm sure you're aware, it was a reformist effort. I mean, the the the, uh, um, the French government was saddled with these huge debts and from uh, actually from you know its assistance to the United States and was, was verging on bankruptcy. And so there was a, an effort to, uh, um, um, win more rights for the, no, the country's nobility. And that's where it's, you know, I, um, you know, for Jeff Jefferson's first, uh, year or so in Paris, uh, you know, it was Lafayette. There was, who was helping him, but it, 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 you know, went Lafayette, he, for the first time in his life, he, he becomes, you know, he's, he's this hero to the country, but he's never actually been involved in the country's domestic politics. 
And uh, at a certain point, he's elected to the uh, the Assembly of Notables, which was a, uh, an early assembly. Uh, the um, or it was it was an ancient body, but it was meeting for the first time in many years. Uh, and, and Lafayette becomes involved with that. It's it's a it's a it's a body that met at Versailles, and it was you know they were hoping to you know institute some reforms and that's when you know jefferson that that's that's something he knew a lot about re- representative assemblies and so at that point uh, uh lafayette is becomes a student of jefferson's and jefferson's encouraging him and um i mean jefferson by then because i mean he's he was always ambivalent about Lafayette. That you know, he, he uh, what was his phrase? He he, he always thought that uh, Lafayette's Achilles' heel was his uh, uh, um, appetite for attention and publicity. I mean, he talked about how he, the phrase is that Lafayette laments to uh, John Adams that that amid an otherwise praiseful letter. Uh, that Lafayette had a quote canine appetite for publicity. That that notwithstanding, he also saw Lafayette as somebody who was destined to become a a leader or the leader of France, and and is very specific about you know mentoring him those direction in that direction. I think that how that points to that that sense of the older brother younger brother relationship that you yeah exactly. About there. Precisely, yeah. So, so you have Jefferson in effect tr- trying to help Lafayette, and yet, w- does Lafayette end up serving in that role that Jefferson envisioned for him, or uh, does uh, Lafayette end up in a in a different relationship with the revolution as it unfolds in in seventeen eighty nine, seventeen ninety, seventeen ninety one? Initially, Lafayette does succeed in in those roles, but at, at a certain point, it was really after Jefferson. Jefferson leaves and um, moves away from Paris in 1789, which is really the, when the, the you know the revolution begins. But after Jefferson leaves, the, the uh, Lafayette by then is attempting to uh, straddle too many worlds. He's trying to be a kind uh, uh, keep. Uh, he's, he's trying to preserve the monarchy and and present himself as a you know reformer and the the and the, as the revolution becomes more radical you know his the contra- contradictions of his role um become more apparent and eventually it 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 just cause comes undone for him and he you know he's um I don't do. Do we want to talk about no, uh, what uh, happens? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, so, so so I didn't want to get away, get ahead of the story. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, uh, explain what happens to, to Lafayette. Well, in uh, uh, um, I can't remember what year, but in, as the revolution becomes uh, more radical, uh, Lafayette and 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 France is in, is you know is at war with other European. The revolutionary France is at war with monarchies uh, um, um, on the European continent, you know, Prussia and Austria. Um, 
Lafayette uh, is in the field leading a French army, and he receives a summons from Robespierre to come to Paris, and he recognizes that for what it is, a death sentence. And he uh, decides to, um, with a, a handful of other officers, uh, they're, they're trying to flee to um, what's now the coast of Belgium. And uh, from there, Lafayette's idea is that he will sail to England and from there, there collect his family and, and go into uh, exile in the United States. But what happens is, is uh, in, uh, again, what's today Belgium, uh, he's arrested by um, Austrian troops and eventually spends the next uh, four or five years in a, in a series of Prussian and Austrian prisons and eventually is, is um, freed by N Napoleon on the condition that he um, not return to France. And then his wife eventually get, has an audience with Napoleon and, and persuades him to um, persuades Napoleon to allow um, Lafayette to return to France on the condition, this is set the condition set by Lafayette, by Napoleon, that, that he not live in Paris or not, not involve himself in French politics. But so he, so he ends up uh, living in a, a, a state about maybe 20, 20 or so miles from Paris and later does become reinvolved in French politics, domestic politics after Napoleon's left the scene. Do you, uh, Lafayette and, and Jefferson remain in contact during this period, or is Jefferson basically now so involved in American politics and events back in the United States that he loses touch with Lafayette during this period? The, the answer to your question is intermittently over the years, they, they remain in contact. I mean, Jefferson, um, I mean, he, as, as, as secretary of state to Washington and then later his, his own person, presidency he's he's um has a lot on his plate uh, and he's also aware that france by then is a um um the interests of france and the united states are you know diverge after the revolution soon after the revolution i mean he he writes lafayette a letter saying that you know that you know Alluding, to, I can't remember the language, but he alludes very eloquently to that that divergence. So, in effect, that they this is seems to be a, a point at which their their paths are beginning to diverge a little, and yet they come together again in eighteen twenty four when Lafayette uh, revisits the United States. And you've you've already allude, uh, mentioned this uh, that this journey that Lafayette uh, takes, and and he arrives in time to still see Jefferson uh, in his final years, but still active at Monticello. How does their reunion go? Do they spend a lot of time together? Do they renew the acquaintance or is it, or, or, or have things changed between them? No, that they, they, uh, they greet each other effect very affectionately. And, and so there was an elaborate ceremony there on the um, lawn at Monticello when Jeff and, and, Lafayette uh, arrives with great fanfare, um, an honor guard that was uh, Jefferson had arranged, 
for him. And and uh, actually, one witness, there was a, a, a large crowd there, and one, one witness said that's the only time that um, he ever saw Jefferson cry. Um, so he stayed there, a, 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 I think, a week or so. Um, and they, um, one of the things they did was, uh, they, University of Virginia was still under construction. It hadn't opened yet, but they, one of the buildings there, there was a banquet for Lafayette, um, attended by a lot of dignitaries. And it's where Jefferson gave, uh, his, uh, uh, um, Actually, he was too frail to even deliver this, but somebody else delivered it for him. But anyway, that was his last actual public speech. It was a it was a, a tribute to, to Lafayette. But they during that first visit there, uh, there were two. He came back. Uh, Lafayette returned there for a few days for a briefer visit, in um, a few months later. But during that first visit, um, they had they they broached the the issue of slavery, and 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 it was. They they sort of agreed to disagree on that. I mean, it was it was it was a subject they never reconciled, but but otherwise the their their friendship remained intact. And um, Jefferson died soon thereafter. It's interesting to think about how that 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 framing that you have in the book of them as basically having a brotherly relationship. How how that plays out at the end. That even though they they do have those disagreements, that that bond remain endures. Yeah, and, and one one more thing. This is a, a when I when I conceived of this book. I mean, my expectation was that I was it was going to be a book law that would be in large part about Jefferson's tutelage of this younger man um, who was primarily, you know, steeped in military affairs. In the course of my research, I I I, I came to realize that. Lafayette, even when he arrived in in the U.S., was was no slacker in, in, intellectually. I mean, he was uh, well read, and a lot of the same philosophers that um, you know Jefferson was conversant with. And actually, in in, in um, independent of Jefferson, actually knew um, several you know prominent philosophers in, in Paris. And, so they had that nice. Uh, it, it's not just a, a personal relationship or a relationship born of practical experience, but it's also an intellectual one as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've taken up some of your, a lot of your time, but I, before we go, could you tell us what you're working on now? I'm actually, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm reviewing, I'm, I'm looking at several possible topics and um, I'm, I'm just cooling down from this book, mm-hmm. writing it. Well, I hope that you don't spend too much time uh, before you choose your next project so we can have you back on the New Books Network. Well, thank you. And again, um, Mark, I appreciate your interest in and uh, in the book and you're taking the time to uh, um, talk to me. Well, it's our pleasure. Uh, it was really our pleasure as well, Tom. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day. Okay, you do the same.